everyone has an X factor. What is yours? In today's economy, if you don't stand out, you'll be left out. The good news is the greatest differentiator is you. Hi, I'm your host, Torin, with Become Famous for What You Do podcast. Here you'll learn how to discover, manage, and ensure your X factor stands out in your business, industry sector, and community. Fame for fame's sake is not a topic, but rather we talk about how to deal with the critics, manage fear and imposter syndrome, and provide tidbits to stand out with confidence and draw people in. When you become famous for what you do, you will thrive in life, wealth, and influence. So let's get started. Welcome everybody to the Become Famous podcast. I will be your host, Zachary Houghton, today. And I am interviewing Torrid Bryn. So Torrid, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Well, welcome, Zachary. How's it being a host? <laughs> it was a little different, but I'm excited for it. I'd like to start podcast with just a icebreaker question. What books are you reading? Well, uh, it's interesting you ask. I'm reading something completely different from the topic that we're talking about today, but probably a little bit related. I am reading The Bitcoin Standard by, I can't pronounce his first name, Safiron Amos, right here. And we're doing that in preparation for a book that we're having to come out, Taming Crypto by Meryl Gladstone. So just doing some extra research just to make sure we're on target, which we are, which is very exciting. So that is what I'm reading. Awesome. And it kind of fits into the upcoming book that we are releasing Fame is the new currency. I'm really excited about that and the new title. It's really um, unique. And when you told me about it, I was intrigued by the title of Fame is the New Currency. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, about like why you're equating fame with currency. That's a really good question. It really came about because we're doing this book with Meryl Gladstone on crypto and talking about currency. And she was basically saying in Latin, uh, cre, cre means to run and flow. And also what it means is to be wildly accepted. And so you can actually say that a story gained currency, which I didn't realize. And so then also one of our clients said, I don't want to be a movie star. <laughs> and you remember that, don't you? Yes. Yes. She was on Zoom having to do a, a PSA for uh, an organization that she was a part of. And so you're seeing all this confluence of things changing. And then the third, there was recently a book published, Collaboration is the New Currency. And I was thinking, well, what is really moving our society right now? And what can fast track ourselves to have more opportunities, more businesses? Well, that's really fame. And so that's why we switched the title to Fame is the New Currency. And what does this really mean regarding to fame? Well, it really is that fame, when you become known, opportunities come to you. This is what we always say is like the 1% in your industry are the ones these 80% of opportunities get to that are not advertised. So it helps you build the bottom line. Getting attention attracts more clients. That's something that Grant Cardone really pushes, who's someone that's out there as a thought leader, business billionaire, helping other people become billionaires. And then fame strengthens your social capital, right? With influence, you can then use that socially and then builds influence. And with that, opportunities come. So 
That's why we're calling it fame is the new currency, because it is a currency that you can utilize to bring more opportunities to you. Right. And with that comes other types of currency, right? Monetary currency, social currency, all these, all the different impact that you're able to have around. So like I said, I was, I was intrigued by, by the name. I know you've been going back and forth with a couple different names. And I think this, this hit the mark with me. Yeah, and it hit with the mark with several. And I was like, because I don't want to be so presumptuous as saying that there's a new economy out there, but that was what we used to call it. We said fame economy because we see that things have changed. But I think currency, that it is a currency that we can utilize to become more profitable and have more opportunities seem to be a better way of assessing or writing about it. Could you clarify a little bit more about what you mean by fame in itself? I get the correlation between, you know, my view of fame and what you're saying, it's the new currency. But if you could just clarify that, because I think that's important for the listeners, because my first initial reaction to that word, fame, maybe it's not what is the widely accepted version of it. So if we could expand on that. Let me ask you then, what is your negative perception of fame? I'd love to hear it. (laughs) So because we've worked together for so long, I understand it in a completely new light. However, my initial reaction to the word (laughs) fame or famous was actually negative because it's kind of like drawing attention to yourself and it's like, look at me, look at how great I am. So that's kind of the negative because I don't want to be out in the public eye. I don't want to be, have the spotlight on me. I want to be more in the background. So to me, that word kind of is scary. That's my view on the word, to be honest. But that's shifted now because I look at it differently and that's from working with you. And I think fame is the new currency is kind of provocative and even using become famous like this podcast name, it's provocative because it's twisting and it's turning the definition from maybe how I would view it or or used to view it to now I look at it more as you are able to influence more people for good. It's not about, oh, look how great I am. It's about amplifying your gifts and your talents. And I think that's the key. It's more about your gifts and your talents, about your personality. It's combining all those. It's not just, oh, look how pretty I am. (laughs) (laughs) Like the supermodel. We were talking about being a supermodel earlier, about about the supermodels. And Tord, what did you ask me? You asked me, name a supermodel. Right? And you don't even know a supermodel. Well, oh, it's, I have it's, no idea. No, so it's maybe- funny. <laughs> well, I think you're absolutely right. And your reaction is probably what 99% of people uh, have a reaction when I tell them about the podcast Become Famous. Our mission is to become famous. Even I didn't feel like it was the right word, but I felt in my gut that's where I needed to go. So I followed it and did some research on the word. And what's fascinating to me was if you go to the actual definition of fame is to become known, to become known for what you do. Now we've added all these perceptions to fame. We've added celebrity, drugs, alcohol, selling your soul to the devil, and uh, and maybe that actually happens because people want to become famous. But what's fascinating today is that fame has become democratized. And we are in a new society right now. 84% of the world has a smartphone. 
Like in the book, there's even a quote where a homeless person will rather have a phone than have a place to sleep because where our society is so tied to our phone. We're no longer just a person in real life or like analog, if we're going to say that. We're also digital. We're two people. And I remember that very clearly when I was working on LinkedIn, this is in close to 2010, need to post my credentials and so forth. And I was looking for a job. And the guidance counselor told me at that point, if you don't have 500 followers or more on LinkedIn, no one's going to look at your LinkedIn profile. And I was like, horrified up until that point. I've always been this relationship person. I was the one that hand delivered my resume, CV, got so impressed. I always was the relationship person. And suddenly there's this wall now. And that's, I think we feel like after COVID, there's this wall around us where we no longer have the access to just being in person. And that was a really hard shift for me because then I suddenly had to think of my digital persona. And then I had to think about my personal persona. And then when you fast forward a little bit now after COVID, you're seeing we're more and more tied to the digital. We're used to cameras and so forth. And so we're seeing ourselves being, having that ability and becoming known for what you do. And then when you're asking about the model example, which I think is a very interesting one, because when I was interviewing for the book, Anne Holter, who is a model from Norway, was saying, I remember when I modeled in the 80s, I was the clothes hanger to the clothes. No one cared about me as a person. They just cared about my body, looking a certain type, and I was showcasing the clothes. The clothes was the star. Then we get into, we had supermodels in the 90s, like Cindy Crawford, they were the star and the clothes was secondary. That was the start of the fame economy. You were starting to look to people. But at that time, you had all these gatekeepers, right? When I was young, you're these gatekeepers. You had media. You had the tastemakers saying what is in, what is not, right? And so the models, the supermodels then started that idea of it's not the product that's the star, but it's the person, Right. And then you fast forward with COVID, we're all doing reels. Like right now, if you want to become known in the business world, you have to have a social media profile. You have to be out there. Like we got instructions from a mastermind we're in. We need to post 50 pieces of content per day. I mean, that's crazy. I was like, how do you do 50, right? Well, thank God for AI, right? But what was so fascinating with that, that the product is not the star anymore. The person is the star. And because now 84% of people have iPhones and have their own publishing company, you then can publish out there. And not only that, with all of that, the traditional gatekeepers that's, that were ones that said, this is in, this is not, their powers have diminished, right? Who reads the news anymore? I mean, some of us do, but most people can get their news on TikTok or elsewhere, right? We're we're looking at our peers more and more. And what's happening then, competition got fiercer. And so that's where mm. the whole fame idea came. So, you know, you're talking about how it's kind of gone out to the people. And if we could clarify, like that's what democratization means, right? You talk about the democratization of fame and you're saying how it's going out to everyone. And like Andy Warhol said, 
everybody will have 15 minutes of fame. Is that on the right track? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Fame is accessible to everyone right now. And what is interesting is some people say, like uh, Marcus Bellringer, which is we call Marcus Bell, who is a, a music producer and also written a book on branding, says it's no longer 15 minutes of fame. It's fame for six seconds, right? <laughs> Getting that attention. Like we don't have the attention anymore. Well, what was it, Vine? I think that was seven seconds. Was that what it was? Videos? <laughs> yeah, and people would like, it would, it would blow up, but it was just seven seconds. Seven seconds to get your name out there, right? That's yeah. if you want the attention. What fame is about is building every piece of attention toward a specific goal so that you're known for it. So it's attention is just you get like attention. Oh, I notice you. But becoming known for what you do, you've built up all of your attention towards that. And that gives you a certain level where you then your clients will know you, your peers will know you, and the people that are going to want to buy your products or services or provide opportunities to you. So how do you make fame your new currency? How does an individual do that? Well, that, that's a good question, Zachary. I think it really comes down to our client. And I was really struck by when she said, I don't want to be a movie star anymore. And I think we've all noticed the shift, right? Like before when I was young and I was doing communications, we would write the press releases, communications department would go out. And that's what really the client was saying. She'd been CEOs in the 90s where she was just behind the desk like we are now signing off. The communications people pushed out the press releases, pushed out the product. And suddenly now she's got this in front of her and she has to talk. And not only that, you have to start thinking about your personal life. What are the key things you want out there? And so it's a mind shift. It's really a mind shift of understanding that fame is a currency, that it's not a nice to have currency. I believe, and that's why we titled the book that way, it's a must have currency. You need to, you must think about fame because fame hacks your life to get opportunities faster. But you almost have to do that now because you're competing with the world. Yeah, because the clients that we work with, it's not like they're all local clients. You're not confined to your geographical location. Now with Zoom, we meet with people across the country, across the globe, across the world. And so how do you get known even globally? Like I could, it's a little bit easier locally, but now you have to go even further out to survive in business, but also to thrive in business. I think you're absolutely right. And what I really like is what Thomas Friedman said. He's a three-time Pulitzer Prize winner, and he wrote a book called The World is Flat, which was many, many, many years ago. It was in the beginning of 2000. But he said at that point, today, average is officially over. You cannot be average anymore. And I remember when I was at a Tony Robbins conference, and he keeps repeating this, before we could be great and stay great, right? But because we're competing with the great, to be great, you got to be excellent. To be excellent, you got to be in the top 1%. Your competition just became the world. You're competing with the world. And you're competing not only that for attention. We don't have the attention span we used to. So how do you get people to have attention towards you. Why do you see, um, like, there's a psychologist on TikTok who dances, right? 
Mm-hmm. He dances his lessons. But you remember him and he's got millions of followers. Right. So when you say that you're competing with the world, right? Honestly, when you say that, I kind of get overwhelmed. It's kind of overwhelming and it's really intimidating. <laughs> so how do you combat that? You know what's so exciting? You can compete with the world, but no one can compete with you. The greatest difference, the greatest asset you have in this life right now is you. And what's so exciting about that, it pushes you to go inside yourself to be great because it's the greatness within you that's going to make your business great, anything you do great, and will make you become famous faster, known faster, and more opportunities faster. So you don't have to be overwhelmed because no one, I can't compete with you, right? No, and you can't compete with me, right? And so when we each shine the light of who we are in our true essence, that's why it's going inside ourselves, taking away all the barriers that are stopping us, imposter syndrome, fear, and we allow the light of our hearts to shine. No one can compete with that. So when you're creating your currency, right? Fame is the new currency. So for me to create that currency for myself, part of it is understanding who I am, right? Yeah. And leaning into my strengths. But then I have to take it to the next step of going out there with it, right? Of showing that, of opening up to other people. Right. And you've done that. You, you're you a great writer. You're great with the clients. And you've found your way of conducting the business. You've created a whole department around it. And clients a lot of times prefer you, right? And that's and that's the way it's supposed to be. We have certain people that just gravitate to us. And so I talk about you become the son of your own solar system. Now, I know that sounds kind of egomaniac, but what I like so much about it is the gravitational pull. When you shine completely and fully who you are, you'll have all these planets, all these people around you following us. You have the super fans that are closest to you. You have the fans that are out here. And the people that are ah, a little bit ambivalent, they'll still follow you because they think you're interesting. You have this pull. And that pull just happens automatic because when you tap into the greatest difference, which is you, and you tap into you, it just happens that way. We've seen that with our clients. Remember when we start uncovering who they are and they get so excited and they get all these opportunities that then we have to discipline them and say, no, we got to finish the project before you go out there. But isn't that, it's so exciting. We like to say we're babysitting. We're babysitting them until they get out there and launch. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, the cat interrupted. I love the cat. I love the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you bring the cat in? Okay. Hold the cat. He wants to be part of it. Well, if you'll notice, Torin, I know on the podcast audio, you can't see, but my cat just joined me. And... I think that's even part of this, of bringing your personality. Right now, this podcast and this video, I'm inviting you into my home. And so that home includes my cat. What's his name? Oh, his name's Russell. Oh, I, I keep forgetting your name. It's so cute. Yeah. He wants to be a part of it. If he could talk, he would be meowing into the interview. Even <laughs> cats can be famous. <laughs> well, I think that was a big, I don't know if you remember, but there was a interview on the BBC where this kid runs in and and the woman runs out to save it. And he's so embarrassed. He tries to stay like this. That was pre-COVID. Now he'd probably just take the kid in his arms and talk about it, right? We've changed. 
we've all got used to the camera. And that's one of the reasons why also right now you're having everyone doing reels. I mean, short live mm -hmm. videos, shorts, that's the future, you know? So it's just very interesting to see how we've changed. Right. You, even like eating in a meeting, yes. like I know we're talking about fame, but I think this kind of goes along with it in a way because we're opening up more to people where you're actually more casual, it seems, to where you're in a meeting and the person on the other side is eating lunch. <laughs> and um, I just think that that kind of it fits into the ecosystem of the new uh, business environment, really, where it's more about your personality and connecting with people. And it's so much so that it's, it's not so corporate where you have to be so rigid. And it seems like it's, things are a lot more casual. Am I correct in that? Yeah. And it's interesting because Carla Harris, who's a speak, famous speaker uh, that works for one of the top financial firms in New York, she keeps saying we've left the prescriptive society. We've left a society where I, when I was young, you worked for hours, days on a press release formulating exactly what the word was going to be, formulating, staging the image of the CEO, image of the company. You can't do that anymore. Because of instant news cycle, where right now everything's instant, you don't have that privilege anymore. Sometimes, like well, I remember when I worked in Congress, we had three hours sometimes because I worked for a California congressman and then a, a Utah senator. So we always had extra couple of hours where we could finagle be for the journalists on the West Coast. But now you don't have that privilege. Everything is so instant. And in that instant, the only thing you have is to be real. So if you're fake with how you respond, everyone can tell. Everyone can tell a fake right now. That's interesting because it is that you're able to perceive you know, when somebody's being really fake on camera or something, or just something come across in their marketing and their messaging, because their messaging isn't right for them. It doesn't fit them. They're, maybe they're trying to fix fit into a box that they weren't meant to be in. You're right. And at the same time, you have to practice authenticity, which is what with the real on real that we were doing. Right. And actually, for me, as silly as it sounds, Having the cat helped <laughs> with that. It, he was your prop. <laughs> he was, you know, I, I used him as a prop in my videos. And, and he was he's like, why aren't you holding me right now? I'm supposed to be the star of the show. <laughs> yeah. So basically what we're talking about, you know, we did like this live video challenge, essentially, where we did live videos. And it helped me get my personality out there, get my show part of my personality to other people by using things around the house. But how that relates to what we're talking about is really finding ways to practice your authenticity and to be yourself on the camera, to be yourself with other people. And that plays into the whole idea of become famous for what you do, become famous for, you know, it's, it's bringing your personality to the table. So I just think there's different facets on, on like how you create this currency of fame. And you're right, because the new rules is now is that transparency is expected. You cannot not be transparent because of the instant nature of how we can get our information. And then the competition got fiercer and we have, a, we have an attention problem. So how do you get attention when people don't have the attention to give you, right? And then that's where becoming known makes it easier. You're not competing with everyone trying to get attention at one level. If you're known here 
and every one of your competitors are here just seeking attention, they're going to reach out to you first. And that's what Grant Cardone keeps talking about is that attention trumps everything because the best product might be the best product, but if it's not the most known product, you're not going to buy it, right? And that's where, again, your authentic voice is here to stay. And so being real, and that's one of the reasons why we had the Be Real On campaign, we train our clients to practice their real because if you're not used to the camera, if you're not used to talking and you're really, really nervous, right? What happens? <laughs> People interpret you wrong. So it's getting used to all this. So our dear client who says she doesn't want to be a movie star, you don't have to be a movie star, but the components around being a movie star is really about being a public figure. And being a public figure is what you got to start thinking about. You got to think of yourself holistically. You got to be ready for the camera. You might not want to have your makeup on. You might want to not have your makeup on, but knowing what is your authentic voice, how are you going to be real, and practicing those messages is still important. And that's where communications professionals are going to be more and more important. Not the marketing people, but communications. Because the challenge we have now in today's society is that digital marketing, going out there, mass producing, going out there, 50 pieces of day, boom, 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 targeting your client, that's so one-dimensional. We are more than that. And that's where even if you look at law-wise, public figure is someone that's seeking the attention out there, right? And there's a certain level of, of being known notoriety that you get deemed as a public figure. But if you're out there with hundreds and thousands of followers by the courts, you might actually be thought of as a public figure. And what does that actually mean? Are you saying that being famous is being a public figure? I think right now, so many people are acting like public figures, but they don't realize it. They think of themselves as a private citizen going out onto the digital space. They're just thinking about getting their clients, getting 100,000 followers on TikTok, doing this, doing that, without thinking of the ramifications of what they're doing and saying. And what a communications professional used to do and help, but with the whole social media, everything has just gotten mixed up. Like, what is a marketing person? What is a communications person? What is this? Everything is just out there mixed. And we forget the important traits of thinking of ourselves as a public figure, thinking about the ramifications of what we're saying, that we can be canceled. What kind of a crisis communication plan do we have if that happens? Have we prepared for it? Have we prepared for the critics? Have we prepared for how our message is not just being perceived by our clients, but how is it being perceived by our neighbors, our government officials, people, the associations we're part of, right? Thinking holistically that way is a greater benefit, not just in the sense of preparing yourself for a potential crisis, but it also brings a greater breadth and bouquet of who you are and makes you more of an interesting person. So how does somebody start this? Like, what are some first steps for somebody who wants to become famous, but they don't want to be a celebrity? And that's not what we're talking about. That's my initial reaction to that word. We're not talking about becoming a celebrity, but what are some of the first steps that somebody needs to take, like your book title says, fame is the new currency. How do you, what are the first steps 
to create that currency of fame. Well, it's interesting you say that, and I think you're absolutely right. I want to start with this first because you're saying people don't want to become celebrity, and that's not what we're talking about. Celebrity is a definition of being omnipresent, that everyone knows who you are, that you can't go anywhere without being known. That's one definition of celebrity. The fame we're saying is becoming known within your sector. And what I loved so much, I met Nassim Talab, who wrote The Black Swan, and who has several hundred thousands of followers. And he's like a rock star when he comes into certain conferences. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, there's Nassim, right? And I went up to him to ask him to kind of like, uh, when did you know you became that you were famous? And he scoffs at me and he goes, I'm not famous. And I was like, dude, if you're not famous, who isn't famous, right? And I was like perplexed by that. And then I asked someone else of the main speakers and they said the same thing. I'm not famous. And I was like, how is it these famous people are saying that they're not famous? And so I was talking to a consultant friend of mine and she says, because they have luxury fame. And I love that luxury fame, which really means is that you're famous within your public sector, right? And it's really fame. It's like you're becoming known in your pub in one industry sector, which means you don't have to be a celebrity where everyone knows you everywhere. You're just known in the circle that it's necessary to be known in to leverage your business, to leverage the services that you have. So I think that's a really, really key component is that you don't have to be known everywhere. It's being known by some people. Now, what happens sometimes, and this is why it's so important to have a communications plan, is that you can suddenly go viral, right? So people will be on TikTok and they'll talk about, I want to be viral, viral, but they don't realize what's the consequence of being viral, right? What's the consequence? You're going to get all these haters. A lot of people get haters criticizing how you look, all this stuff. And you get so upset by it because you're just thinking about the success. And what I love about, again, what Grant Cardone says is that as you become more famous, more known, have more money, you get different problems. You get new problems, right? So it's being prepared for that. So when you're asking me, what do you do as becoming a public figure, becoming known? Well, like say if you work as an engineer in buildings, like if my brother, who is a carpenter, has a business in not really carpenter, design and build company, and he's becoming more and more known in his little town, right? We've helped him with his website. He now doesn't even have to look for clients. Clients just come to him. How much time and money has he not saved? by not having to look for clients. They're just coming to him, right? And so it's knowing your talent. My brother's talent is he's a design build. He was rated as one of the top 50 in the country at a very, very young age. And that has just built, and you see, he's smart about it. He got into the magazines being the number one, one of the top 50 under 30, which was pretty amazing. He was the only one. And then he got exposure, visibility. So knowing your talent, right? Then using it to expose it to various places, and he was very smart. He worked within the industry, organizations that could actually leverage him to become known. And he had uh, his family, his uh, sister-in-law is an amazing brand specialist, branded him, and then he just networked himself out and marketed it, and he created this infrastructure of not having to look for clients, right? And, and that's really what it is. So he became known in his circle, but if my brother came to one of my conferences, no one would know who he is. Right. And what's interesting, we'll just use him as an example. You know, you said knowing your talents, knowing your strengths, your personality, right? And then having the right channels. 
and networking. And all of that, though, you all you have to have the right messaging is also a huge key in it to be able to optimize and to be able to reach. Okay, you have the right talent and skills, but how do you tell people about that? How do you get that out there? Well, you have to have the right messaging. And then as far as the channels, what are you putting on those channels? If you have the right messaging, then you're able to put that out there. And what I saw with him, you know, he had all this credentials and all of this wealth of knowledge, but until we were able to create the right messaging, after we did that, it was exponential. He already had that happening where people were coming to him, but we took it to the next exponential level of getting the right messaging to now, like you said, where people are drawn to it through the, in this case, through the website and through the messaging. And then they come to him and now he's getting known as the authority in that specific region. So I think that that's a huge part of it as well that complements those different things, your talents, your personality, your channels, and networking is the right messaging, having the right messaging. You're absolutely right. Messaging is essential. But a lot of times when you're asking for people's criteria to feel comfortable going out there, it's having a talent and having something you want to say. And what we say is everyone needs editors. Everyone needs a collaborator by them. And even with the book right now, I just had someone edit the book. He trashes the book. And I'm so, it's Neil Beam. He trashes the book, but it's so fantastic because now I see he's just uncovering even more what the essential message is and not what I think is important, right? And this is why it's so important when you're developing messaging, like public figures don't go around doing it by themselves. One of the main things a public figure does, he has a team. He or she has a team of people. And, and what I think what's been wrong with the social media today, it's like do-it-yourself component, right? And yeah, you might get viral a couple times, get 100,000 people, but really having someone on the outside thinking about taking all of those things of networking, your talent and so forth, and putting it into a reputation plan. Where is your reputation now? Where do you want to go? Who do you know? Like networking, stakeholder management. How are you managing your network, Right. In a network, it's not that you're going to be using your network, but how can I be a service to my network and they be a service to me and have a sense of collaboration, working together to build something? But a lot of times you need to have a plan because if you suddenly meet someone that can help you and you don't have an answer to them, well, how can I help you? If you don't have an answer to that, you're not going to get anywhere with your network, right? And having someone on the outside help you, well, have you thought you might do this? Have you thought you might be able to partner here? And then in all of this with messaging, you want to think issues. Where does your message fit in? And what I like to say, it's the blue ocean messaging. And what does that mean? It comes from the blue ocean strategy from the University of INSEAD, who says that you want to innovate products where you're not competing with anyone, which is the blue ocean. Like Coke and Pepsi are competing in the red ocean, the bloods, the margins. So Coke might have a 0.4%. Yay, they won this quarter. And then suddenly, and then they will maybe hire 10 more people, right? And then Pepsi suddenly comes in, boom, I got a little bit more percentage. Oh, now we got to fire people, right? right? <laughs> and it's like you're firing for the blood. But what you really want to be, you want to be in the blue ocean where you can be swimming by yourself. And that is where an expert can help you 
How can I utilize and position my message in such a way I'm innovative and I'm by myself and I'm not really competing with anyone? So that's really the message and issue management, figuring out what the environment is thinking of your message and how do you create those issues? And then at the same time, you got to prepare for the cancel people, people that the terrorists, the people that just want to cancel you out. Like, how do you manage that? Have a crisis management plan for it. And then again, the essence, you're absolutely right, is the messaging. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. But I think that really speaks to what we're talking about of bringing your personality out, right? If we're all trying to fit a mold and to be the same personality, and try to be something that we're not. That to me kind of is partly how I interpret this red ocean versus blue ocean because everybody's trying to be like this versus, nope, this is me and I can feel free to swim by myself if I want. Right, because no one can compete with you. I think if there's anything you're gonna take away from this message about fame as a new currency, don't be overwhelmed, just be you. And practice being you, right? We are so conditioned to be a certain way. Find out who, who you really are and bring out your hobbies when you feel it's appropriate with social media, where you are. Just know that you're a public figure. And if you look at a political candidate, they're not just about the issues. Like I've worked with presidential candidates and we've had to tell them, you need to show more of your personality. Yeah, but I'm just about the issue. Yeah, but when you're voting for someone, are you just voting for the issue? No, you're voting for the personality, right? So showing that you're a family person. And what's interesting with political candidates is that some candidates show a lot of their personality. Some people show a little bit, but they all show something, right? And that's what it's all about is it's strategy and messaging is all about deciding what is it you want to be. And that's where practicing your authenticity comes in so that you're prepared. That's what a crisis management's about. It's like Eisenhower. It's not the plan itself. It's in the process of the planning. When you're planning it, you're much more prepared for the canceled people. You're not going to be so nervous and shaky and look suspicious on camera. You're going to be calm, cool, and collective. And that's something you train on. And that's why we say Facebook Lives are a wonderful way. Doing reels are a wonderful way to really find out who it is you are. Because in this world right now where we're competing with everyone, no one can compete with you. Right. The idea of, you know, the shoemaker's kids don't have shoes, right? And <laughs> so I think with that, you know, that idea came to mind of it's hard to help yourself sometimes. And to help yourself understand like, okay, what is my differentiator? What is my messaging? And so I think it's important for listeners to find people that can help them, find people that can be honest with them and help them develop that because sometimes we can't see it ourselves. We can't see beyond the weeds of what, where we're in. So we need that other person to help us find that messaging too, to find out really, you know, what are our strengths? What is our personality even? And it's interesting you say that because Neil was telling me this when he was looking at my book. He was saying, uh, there's a book out there. I think it's called Mom's Test or something like that. And he goes, everyone lies, even your mother. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and he's right. If I go to mom and I say, do you like this book? She'll just look and say, oh, yes, honey, you can do anything. Go ahead. We love you, right? She's not really caring, right? And, and it's not that they don't mean to be, but people just want to be nice. So you almost have to sometimes pay someone to be honest, 
right? And even then they're not honest. You got to check, are people really going to be honest with you or are they just there to get your money? And being honest sometimes is hard. You know, clients don't necessarily like it when we're honest. We're not like we're honest, we're cutting it down. We try to be honest with grace, but you're paying us and I want to have someone that's helping me that's completely honest. I mean, thank God Neil took the book and chopped it up, right? And what's exciting is right now we're into the editing phase of finishing it up. We'll be done in a couple of weeks, but having someone to be that honest, and that is what you want. You want someone to bounce off back and forth, back and forth, back and forth to crystallize your message so that when you're out there, you are the son of your planetary system. People just gravitate to you because they're seeing the difference that no one can compete with, the difference that's inside of you, just shine the light. Well, Tori, it's been a really great conversation. So for the listeners, how can they get connected with you? And when is your book coming out? And how can they get it? Well, we're launching with this podcast, the pre-sale of the book. So please go and buy. It's going to be only 99 cents until it goes out officially which will be $9.99, and sign up for it there. And, and to find me, I'm on every channel there is, and it's Torrent B, which is easy. We'll put that in the show notes. So yeah, and we're really excited about it. And we'll have some fun prizes along the way for the book. And so we're really, really excited. Awesome. I'm excited as well. I know you've been tired of reading my book. <laughs> <laughs> With each iteration, it gets better and better. And that's how it is. You know, something you can't just go out there right away. Sometimes you need to make iterations after iteration and you have to do edits and that's all just part of the process. It is part of the process, but we're having fun with it. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was a great conversation. I felt like I learned a lot about, you know, what it means to make fame your currency. Everybody's looking how to uplevel their business and make a bigger impact on the world. And so I really appreciate that. Well, thank you, Zachary, for being my host for my podcast. It's been great. You've done a great job. <laughs> thank you for listening to Become Famous for What You Do podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite pod platform. If you'd like to connect with me on social, you can find me at Torin B or becomefamouspodcast.com. Thank you for listening.